Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. And it is Denver Sports Tonight on this Monday night in the Mile High City. He's James Merrill. I'm Will Peterson. Rolling with you for the next hour on a busy, busy day in Denver sports. Of course, you've got the NFL meetings down in Arizona where we hear from Sean Payton and George Payton. We will get into that plenty as the show goes on. Expected to hear from Greg Penner and Damani Leach tomorrow. But we also have big nuggets in 76ers news that sort of came down throughout the day and a lot of reaction to the fact that Joel Embiid will not play Nikola Jokic tonight at Ball Arena in the perceived MVP showdown. So we'll get into that as well. Abs and Ducks later tonight. Plenty going on. How are you doing tonight, James Maryland? I am great, Will Peterson. It's good to be back here. Yeah, I didn't get to talk to you much last week, I felt like. No, we had all sorts of stuff going on. It was spring break. Kids were running around. I was under the weather. Mm. You know, all sorts of uh, reasons I couldn't join you. So I appreciate... Jake and Mace and Cease and everybody uh, helping out, but I am uh, excited to be back. Good to talk about all these things. Yeah, DMAC asked about craziest spring break stories. You could have had a nomination from last week. I could have, but I was sick. Right. So that made it to where it was like the most depressing spring break story of all time. Take a couple days off, going to enjoy a little R&R, kids are out of town, and I'm under the weather for two, three days. All right, but I do have to say real quick, if you're an adult Without kids, like myself, you don't get spring break. There's Correct. just no such thing. Yet if you're an adult with kids, it's perfectly acceptable to say, yeah, I'm taking a week off work, spring break. Well, you use vacation. Well, maybe like, I'll take spring like break with my dog does. or something, you know? Well, you could take you could take five days of PTO and just chill out, go do something, go to the all-inclusive down in Mexico, just re- relive that sophomore year in high school. Oh, wait, I did do that like a month ago. So, <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. that was my spring break. All right, let's talk about this Embiid situation. Uh, obviously, Woj breaks the news early this afternoon that Joel Embiid with his calf injury is not going to play after, quote, attempting to work out this morning actually saw uh, our buddies over at 9 News had video of Embiid at practice this morning, sort of icing the calf. He knew the cameras were there, James. Sure. He was hamming up how much ice that calf needed. I know you're going to disagree, but my perception, and I do think the overwhelming perception of Nuggets fans and really national analysts, is that Joel Embiid is ducking Nikola Jokic tonight at Ball Arena because he's the MVP favorite and he has nothing to gain and everything to lose. I 100% agree with that. I don't have a an argument against that. I do think that's what's happen, happening because I think before this news came out, that was the way that Embiid was looking at it. Of Look, if I go out and I play well, well, okay, I'm still in the lead. If I go out and play poorly and Jokic plays well, this thing could tighten up. So why even, why even put myself in that situation? However, I think the blowback that he's gotten from deciding to skip this and the fact that it looks like he's ducking him to almost everybody – and ESPN has two reporters here in town for this game. And now they don't have a game worthy of them sending one reporter. And they're not happy about it. And you get Kendrick Perkins on there talking about how um, and calling out Embiid for, for Duck and Jokic. I think this thing has backfired on the, the Sixers big man. I think now all of a sudden the race has either become a coin flip or has potentially flipped. But I do think that was the intent. Why go out there if I'm not 100%? I don't know if Harden's going to play. Let's just skip this. My issue is, 
I 100% think that Embiid is ducking Jokic. I just want people to be as consistent about this as I am. I took a lot of heat in January when I said, hey, Nikola Jokic sitting behind the bench in a suit while his teammates are out trying to beat Giannis in the Bucks. You're ducking Giannis. Well, that's that's what second you're doing. night back to back, right? I get it, but they were playing a, 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 a beleaguered or injured or a thin Pelicans team, whatever you want to call it. They, they had a ton of injuries. Skip that game. Nuggets should have been able to beat that Pelicans team without Jokic. Now, they blew a big lead late and had to play Jokic more minutes than they expected to, but they should have been able to go out and beat an undermanned New Orleans team without Jokic. Skip that game and make sure you're ready to go for the showdown with Giannis. So that's Isn't that more on Michael Malone, though? I, mean, oh, I don't, I don't think on. Nikola Jokic made that decision. Well, who made the decision to skip the Milwaukee game? You think that was Malone? Yeah, I think he told him oh. we're load managing you tonight. I think, I think if he wanted to play in both games, he would have played in both games. I think if he wanted to flip-flop it, he could have flip-flopped it. So the reality is, and, and look, this is three games and four nights for Embiid. It is load management. That's what it is. They picked a game that a lot of people have picked this year. The Nuggets have played a lot of JV teams down at Ball Arena this year because it's like, look, we're probably going to lose the game anyway. It's at altitude. That's an easy one to take off. I get why people do that. I hate it. But he's played three games in four nights. He picked this one. He could have easily skipped what the, who else they play? Phoenix and San Antonio or whoever else was uh, on their back-to-back. Well, no, they were in Golden State. Okay, so yeah. But fine, he could have skipped but those. But those. those are all marquee games. That's not your New Orleans example. Well, that's even worse. You could have skipped New Orleans, and you could have played against Giannis. So if we're going to say Embiid is ducking, we also have to say Jokic was ducking. And it's me being consistent of I hate load management, period. And this is why. This is the situations it creates. And you can't tell me Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, any of the, the com- super competitive guys from the past would have seen on the schedule a showdown against their rival, against the guy that they're competing with the, for the MVP in the final 12 games of the year and said, ah, that's the night I'm going to take off. Yeah, I mean, but, it's laughable. But but Jokic doesn't care about the MVP, James. We can't call oh. him a ducker when this award means absolutely nothing to him because, ironically enough, Sham Sharani of The Athletic comes out with this lengthy piece today about Joel Embiid and how much this award means to him. And there was a lot of arrows slung at Nikola Jokic in that. And, oh, woe is me, Embiid. I can't win anything. The voters just don't like me, blah, blah, blah. And literally less than three hours later... He decides to sit out against Jokic. Like, the world exploded in irony with the timing of all this today. It's a horrible look for Embiid. I get it, but it's also so convenient to just uh, say without any doubt at all that Jokic doesn't care about the MVP. It's like, well, that's convenient because if you win it, great. If you don't win it, no big deal. James, he left his trophy in the locker room and a staffer had to run down the hallway to grab him to give it to him. He does not care about this award. Okay. He doesn't even know where these trophies are. And conveniently, we all know that story. Wow. I wonder why we all know that story for a guy who doesn't care about the award, but yet that story... Got out there. That's interesting. Because I think people observed it and thought it was fun and passed it along. Not everything's some grand conspiracy. There's also there's also the possibility that Joel Embiid is actually hurt. Oh, I don't buy that. He played 30-plus in the last two games. And, oh, by the way, James, he didn't have to play last night. This isn't even a back-to-back. I'm just, I'm just saying there's that possibility. But my issue is that I'm consistent on this. I'm mad when Nuggets players are doing load management and when they're not showing up to take on one of the MVP candidates in a head-to-head matchup that we were all excited to watch that game 
in Milwaukee, and then it turned into, okay, well, I guess I'll find something else to do on a Thursday night because this game just got completely worthless. And I'm upset tonight when the Sixers are doing load management or when the Warriors come in here and do load management. It stinks. And it's and you're cheating the fans and you're cheating the integrity of the game and you're cheating the history of the game and you're cheating the 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 just sort of the the aura of the award in the fact that these are the kind of games that should determine it. The head-to-head matchup late in the year, two teams that are basically neck and neck in mm-hmm. the standings. If the Sixers beat the Nuggets tonight, they have the exact same record. Huge game in terms of who could have home court advantage in a possible matchup down the road in the NBA Finals. And instead, it's load management time because we can't play three games in four nights. That's a joke. But so was I can't play back-to-back nights in New Orleans and Milwaukee. That was a joke, too. But, James, this is why your comparison's not apples to apples because you just made my argument. The circumstances have totally changed. It's March 27th. This is super late in the season. Both teams are still fighting for potential home court advantage against each other in the NBA Finals. That's a lot different than January 25th in Milwaukee. Embiid's got to realize the circumstances tonight and get his butt out there. And instead, he's ducking him while Jokic is taking a game off in the middle of the season on a Wednesday that no one cares about. Do they still do they count different in the standings? Are they still one game for a win and one game for a loss? Doesn't matter where they where they're when they're played. Of course they do. Right, but we have to live in the moment and see where the standings are right now. Okay, but here was my thing in January, and everybody pushed back, and I said you can't make the argument that one of the reasons Jokic should have beat Embiid for the award two years ago was he played every single game, and now when Jokic decides to become like everybody else and be load management guy, you're cool with it. So that's a little bit of a double standard, right? Then when it became well. Now, you know, Jokic is going to be load management guy. The argument shifted. Nuggets Nation shifted the argument, and it turned into, this ain't about the regular season. It's about being ready for the postseason and being healthy. It's about championships. Okay, so why can't that apply to Joel Embiid? He doesn't get the same benefit of the doubt. He doesn't get the, the same, well, it's about the, it's about the postseason. It's about championships. It's not about winning a game in March in Denver. Like, really? Do they get a banner? If they win tonight, do they get a banner when they get back to – the city of brotherly love. So you you just no, have but to. Yo, Joel Embiid just cost himself his MVP trophy that he well, so desperately maybe, covets. Maybe. And look, then it's great news for Nuggets fans because it should rightly go back to the way it was before Kendrick Perkins stirred up uh, the, the kind of the conversation and Jokic went into a shell for a couple of weeks, maybe a week. Maybe it wasn't quite two. The team didn't play very well. They were clearly impacted by that. For a guy who doesn't care about the MVP, he was clearly impacted by that. So now it'll go back to probably where it should have been all along, all I'm saying is you just have to apply the same standard to Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. You can't have one set of rules for your guys and one set of rules for everybody else, and that's what Nuggets Nation has been doing all season long, and today's another example of it, and I'm just going to call it out. At least I'm consistent. I'm mad at Embiid just like I was mad at Jokic back in January. All right. Well, you've upset D-Mac so much on his drive home that he wanted to chime in and address <laughs> you directly. So we will go out uh, to D-Mac in his car five minutes from the station already upset with James. Go for it, D-Mac. James, the reason why we knew the story about the trophy and the staffer was because of me and another reporter standing there seeing it happen. There was no nefarious sort of organizational espionage. Me and another reporter were standing there and saw it and were laughing.
talking about it because it was so ridiculous, James. That's how people found out about it, not because something was contrived. Well, okay, so that was not contrived. But Embiid having ice on his ankle today while the cameras was, was there was completely oh scripted. Oh, my God. What are those stupid Tanatonjas? I'm just here to tell you about the trophy. What Wilson was completely right. Jokic didn't know where it was when oh. he didn't care to go back to his locker to find it. A PR person was running with the railway case with the Michael Jordan MVP trophy hardly to give it to Jokic because he didn't give a crap about it. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I love you guys. But, I mean, the reason that story got out there was because I saw it and another reporter was there too and saw it too because two of us were standing there. If the two of us weren't standing there, nobody would have known that story. Nobody. All right. Thank you, D-Mac. Enjoy the game tonight. Bye. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye. See ya. All right, well, D-Mac's calling us from the bottom of the ocean or the moon. I couldn't tell which one uh, it was. That's convenient that they just happen to be standing there. I think we got his point there. When they walk, All I'm saying is I think he cares about it somewhat. Does he care about it as much as Embiid? No, nobody does. But here's the thing, and it's it's fashionable to bash Embiid in this town, and I understand it, and we're all pulling for Jokic. I'm pulling for Jokic. I think he deserves the MVP more this year than any other of the previous two years. His team's the number one seed. He's going to average a, a triple-double. Like, of course he deserves it. I want him to become the first guy to win three in a row since Larry Bird four decades ago. Yeah, that would be cool. I want that to happen. But Embiid has been in this three-man race for now the fifth straight year. And Giannis got it twice. Jokic got it twice. And he hasn't got it at all. So, yeah, if you haven't gotten it and you've been overlooked and you've had some crazy good years, you would probably be a little bit more like, yeah, I want one of these. I got to go get one. It's easy to not care about it once you've got a couple. And I get it. He didn't care about it before. He never won one, supposedly. But Embiid has put up crazy numbers this, this year. He's having a historic scoring season for a big man. You got to go back to Shaq to find a guy who had this kind of scoring numbers at, at the center position. And if he goes for a fifth year, right, and has been really, really good, and his team has been really, really good, and Giannis has gotten two, Jokic has gotten three, and he's gotten zero? Come on, if we're all being honest, we'd all be a little bent out of shape, too. Yeah, but he, he doesn't play, and tonight is uh, continuing that narrative that he's he's not a durable enough player to win MVP, right? Jokic has played at least 10, if not more than that, games in him every single year. In 2018-19, Jokic played 80, right? Joel Embiid played 64. In 1920, Embiid played 51. Jokic played 73. The following year, Jokic played 72. Embiid played 51 again. 74 to 68. And this year so far, Jokic has played in 66. Embiid's played in 61. So he's kind of furthering this narrative that he's not out there for the big moments in the big games. He's too injury prone. And tonight, he is ducking his number one competition, taking a night off, being a baby mere hours after he has to go tell Shams how sad he is he's never won one. I don't have any sympathy for Joel Embiid. Zero. Zero. Here's the biggest hole in the argument that he's ducking. I think he's picking a convenient game to skip. I'll give you that. Skip the Golden State game. Skip the Phoenix game. What happened the last time these two guys were on the same court together? Uh, the Nuggets had a really bad couple minutes to end the third quarter and unfortunately cost themselves a game out. In well, how many points did Embiid have in that game? Oh, it was his Super Bowl. He had 49. Yeah, and how many shots did he take? 30? 
I mean, that, that dude cared more about that. To Jokic, this is another day at the office because he doesn't care about this stuff. He just wants to win. Embiid, that was his Super Bowl. Oh, so that's convenient. I mean, if you go out and you get dominated, well, I don't care. I don't care. But if I go, Jokic out, had like twenty four nine and eight. He had a, he had a very good. He's game. he's tur- about to become having Teflon because when he plays great, he gets all the credit in the world. When he doesn't play well and gets dominated. Oh, well, he didn't care. He doesn't James, care. James, I just told it's you why they lost. The last three minutes of the third quarter, we all uh, remember that. Wasn't yeah. it like a 14-point tw- lead turned into a two-point deficit? Yeah, and where was Nicola? Probably on the bench. That's his time to not be in the game. Okay. So if you want to blame Jeff Green, cool. That's cool with me. Zeke Dodgy, that's cool with me. Nicole Jokic wasn't the reason they lost that day. I'm not saying he was the reason they lost, but he certainly wasn't the reason they won. Who was? What was the reason the Sixers won that game? Uh, the Nuggets bench had a meltdown. Or Embiid had 49 points. So if you had 49 points the last time you guys went head-to-head, you'd be like, oh, I'm licking my chops. Let's get out there and do this again. Well, why would you duck somebody that you dominated the last time you played? Right, because he doesn't have he doesn't have the, the wherewithal to play Jokic in Denver, right? This, oh is, this is his third straight year he skipped this one. Did you know he hasn't played in Denver since before any of us knew what COVID-19 was? There are That's lo- how long it's been since he's played in the Mile High City. And there are If a, I had said the words COVID-19 to you, you would have said, what is that? There are a lot of players who decide to tap out when it's a game in Denver. We've seen it more home games than not this year. A star has sat out for the visiting team. Dude, we've had a, a presidential election since the last time he played in Denver. And we're due for another one in like... 18 months. So when you're an East Coast team, and this has been happening for decades, it's why Doug Moe teams had great home records. Some of those George Carl teams had better home records than they probably truly was representative of how good of a team they were. And then in the playoffs, when all of a sudden it's like, hey, everybody's going to show up and we're actually going to play every possession. Uh, Teams can play better in Denver than they did during the regular season. It's nothing new for a guy to sit out on the last game or toward the end of a West Coast road trip when you're on an East Coast team when you're playing at altitude. Uh, it's but, not. By the way, the last time they played here, Jokic hit a buzzer beater over him to beat him. So oh, you, maybe he's still Embiid scarred played? by that. Embiid played? Yeah, in 2019. Wow. I mean, it's it's the end of a road trip. It's what happens. They've played the Bulls, the Warriors, the Suns. They got the Nuggets tonight, and then they're back home on Wednesday. It's the logical game to sit out. The last game on a four-game trip, it's at altitude. No, but we've just spent 20 minutes going over the circumstances of why it's not the logical game to sit out. The MVP was on the line tonight, right? The MVP was up in the air at Ball Arena. The winner of this game was going to get more votes and take home the trophy, and he tapped out. Well, then good. That's lame to me. I don't disagree. I'm, I'm just saying it's also lame to say I'm going to play against a depleted Pelicans team and not play the next night against the Bucks. My team, if I'm Nikola Jokic, can beat the no-name Pelicans with six guys out of the lineup without me. They have no chance against the Bucks without me. So which which game did Jokic hurt his team? I can't get as worked up about a game in mid-January as I can in late March. I can. With home court I'm on the line in the NBA Finals. I'm just consistent. Yeah, no, you're just... You're saying the circumstances are the exact same, and I think they're completely and totally they count different. count the same. If this is a team that that is one game behind the Sixers or Boston or Milwaukee for home court, I'm, you know what game I'm going to bring up? I'm going to bring up that game from even earlier in the year when they decided, hey, let's just take the scheduled loss in Minnesota. Yeah, they all count the same. He's going to play in like 75 of their 82 this year. I hey. think this is a weird... 
Uh, you, now, I'm not going to say it's a hill to die on, but it's a, it, when he's playing in in 90% of their games, I don't understand why it fires you up this much that he missed 10% of their games. I wouldn't care if he skipped the Pelicans game and played in the Bucks game. You have a chance of going 2-0 and if you do that. You have a chance of going 1-1 one and one if you play in the Pelicans game. You're going to win that game either way, and you skip the Bucks game. And you just can't get all riled up if you're a Nuggets fan about Joel Embiid not playing tonight when Giannis... Or sorry, when Jokic ducked Giannis in January, he did. I, I think, no Malone, other way to I think Malone put his his star player on the bench. That okay, night. so let me just make sure. I don't I, think this was Doc Rivers' decision tonight. I think this was Joel Embiid's decision. So that's convenient. It, when Jokic doesn't play against an MVP candidate, it's the coach, not the player. Tonight, when it happens, it's the player, not the coach. Again, different rules, different standards for your guy versus the other guy. But I just outlined that my guy plays in 15 games more a year than the other guy. My guy's out there 70, different argument. 75 to 80 times a night. Joel Embiid loves, if he plays 55 games, he calls that a good season. That's a different argument. That That's an argument about durability. Okay, we'll have that argument. But the the, the debate is whether or not you're ducking a head-to-head matchup against a, another MVP candidate. Our guy did too. He did. Why can't we admit it? But do you realize that Jokic told Draymond Green after a loss that he was motivated because Draymond said Jokic was the hardest to guard? And then he goes and loses to Bismack Bimyambo down in Phoenix when uh, DeAndre Ayton's not there. And apologies if I got the name wrong, but there's a reason I got the name wrong. He's not exactly household. Then he does an interview with Shams today taking shots at Jokic, and then he bails on playing against him. Like, the irony of Joel Embiid's last 96 hours is it's hilarious, James. It's flat-out hilarious. I don't disagree with that. And you know what? In the last four days, he's blown the MVP award. He has. He has, which is great news. It is. As long as Nikola Jokic doesn't go out there and lay an egg tonight, which he won't, he'll go out there and have 27, 14, and 12. Book it. That's what's going to happen tonight. Nuggets are going to blow the doors off the six. Right. If he doesn't get a triple-double, it's because he's sitting on the bench the whole fourth quarter because they're up by so many because they took care of business. So, and unless the Nuggets fall apart with what do they got left? Eight games after tonight? They're going to get the number one seed. He's going to be able to sit out the last couple of games because everything's going to be wrapped up. He's seven after tonight. Okay, so eight eight heading into tonight. He's going to win the award again. This is all great news. Joel Embiid blew the award in the last 96 hours with tonight being the cherry on top of the Sunday. And I'm excited about that. All I want is for all of us to apply the exact same rules to our guy, that we applied to other guys. Otherwise, we're the Little League mom keeping the scorebook. It's a That's a reach on an air for the kid you don't like, and it's a base hit when the ball goes through the legs of the second baseman when your kid's at the plate. I can't gl- do it that way. I'm glad we found some common ground here because we did ultimately come to the same conclusion that Joel Embiid choked away another MVP, and this will now be the fifth year that he can cry about not winning the MVP. So, sorry, Joel. Too bad, so sad for you. You know what I do think, though, and it's why it's a... Big game for the Nuggets tonight. The fact that Embiid's not playing and they can take a two-game lead with seven to play over the Sixers, not outside the realm of possibilities that Philly wins the East. Right, they could be in all. the finals, and this would determine where game one is and where game seven is. And I'm a little bit of a tinfoil hat guy when it comes to NBA officiating in the postseason. Mm. I don't know that the Nuggets, although now that they have a star, and you know what, Murray and MPJ may not be you know all-stars, but they're recognizable names. They're fun to watch. It's a team that would... I think it's it's better than getting San Antonio back in the day, right? That was a team that had a lot of really good players, but they were relatively boring. That, those teams are not a lot of fun for general fans to watch. This sure. Nuggets team would be. But Denver-Philly, 
that's a pretty juicy NBA Finals. Yeah. And this just adds fuel to the fire. And if Jokic wins the MVP, and it's the guy who's beaten Embiid three three years in a row for that award, then man, that would be that would be a seven game war. That really would be. Yeah. If Adam Silver sitting in his office pushing the buttons of the matchups yeah. he wants. This could be one he's okay with. That's I think that's a sexier matchup than Boston Denver or Milwaukee Denver. Not that either of those would be bad. I mean Giannis is a great player. You don't necessarily love those two markets of the NBA. They always love having Boston in it, but Philly and Denver and Bede and Jokic, man, that is that's about as good as you can get if you're not if you're not getting Lakers Celtics, which is what the league wants every single year. Right. That's about as good as you're going to get. Well, particularly the toxic nature that this MVP conversation has taken. Uh, again, not not today, but just sort of Perkins in the last few weeks. And then this new wrinkle today of like, all right, we didn't get to see it tonight, but would, would Embiid duck Jokic in the NBA Finals? Probably not. At least I wouldn't. You yeah, know, I think, think he'd show so. up all seven games. Uh, I wouldn't put anything past this guy. Even even the games here at altitude. Well, he's going to ice I'll his calves in front of those cameras, right? Make sure everyone knows yeah. he's icing them up. But he also leave his trophy conveniently for DMAC to see it. Oh, man. All right, fun stuff there. 303-713-1043 on the Ramoslaw.com text line if you want to react. But coming up next, we heard from Sean Payton and George Payton today in Arizona. And they both claim they're not trading those wide receivers. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. We will go down to Ball Arena in about 15 minutes or so, catch up with our guy Jake Shapiro as he's down there ahead of Nuggets and Sixers tonight. Still a huge game, but obviously some of the shine has been taken off of it. But James, we thought the uh, talk of the Denver sports world today would be owners' meetings down in Phoenix. All 32 NFL teams gather, head coaches, GMs, personnel, personnel executives, and of course the owners as they do their annual league meetings. What were your biggest takeaways from what we heard from Sean Payton today, what we heard from George Payton Anything else around the league? Obviously, there's a lot of news with Lamar Jackson and Austin Eckler and Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, et cetera. But biggest takeaways from anything we learned about the Broncos today? Well, I, the thing I liked the most was Sean Payton saying, hey, the offense wasn't very good and the special teams weren't very good. And I you know, or basically saying things that made it sound like that and then saying it may sound like I'm, you know, ripping the offense and ripping the special teams. And that's because I am <laughs> right. It's like, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for just saying what we've all seen, right? Instead of, hey, I don't want to step on anybody's toes mm-hmm. and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Like, it's just the harsh reality of it. There, there's nothing wrong with uh, just being honest. He didn't say it in a mean way. He didn't call out anybody by name. He There were some moments there where he talked about how, hey, there were injuries and he, he provided some of the, you know, viable reasons why they were as bad as they were. But... That at the end of the day, it's a bottom line business, and they were terrible, mm. and they have been for six, seven years on the, uh, in those two phases, and it's got to change. Can't just blame it on Hackett. Can't just blame it on Russ. Can't just blame it on Dwayne Stooks. It's been with a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of head coaches, a lot of OCs, a lot of special teams coordinators. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he was just willing to call that out was the highlight for me. I thought the other one of the other highlights was to some extent him dunking on the people who've been saying, "Oh yeah, they're they're trading Jerry Judy and they're or trading Cortland Sutton." That's happening. I mean, he flat out came out and denied that and said that wasn't happening. Yeah, and you know he's read all the things that have been out there, but 
he's going to go ahead and throw a fastball at the chin under the chin at those guys and say that that's not happening. It's like, okay, wow, you're not really messing around here, Sean. But that was uh, that was interesting. So I, I thought he was good today. I, I think it's you know that that tone may not work in every place at every time. I think given what this franchise has been through the last six or seven seasons, yeah. and in particular what we went through last year with, you know, Camp Hugs, I, I think it was time for something like that and the more of that kind of uh, temperament. So I, I thought he hit the right I thought he hit the right notes today. Well and it's interesting too because this is his third press conference where we've come in and said, Yeah, I liked it. Right? Like we liked his intro presser. Yep. We liked his combine presser. Yep. And now we're enjoying his owners meetings pressers like he has, he's been the anti-Hackett in a lot of ways, and I understand, you know what, you're not going to win any football games in March by winning press conferences, but it's three straight times it's been that no BS mindset from him, whereas with Hackett, particularly after the act wore off, and it wore off pretty quick with the, the stand-up comedy act, yeah, it was BS after BS after BS. I mean, we had to listen to that guy every single day, and it was like banging our head against the wall by like week six. Yeah, it, you know, Hackett started to wear thin even during the offseason. And he did and Russ did. I remember sitting in the chair you're, you're in, filling in for DMAC, and it was July. And I was like, man, training camp can't, can't get here soon enough. I'm just, I'm worn out. I got Russ fatigue. I got Hackett fatigue. Like, we got we to gotta get to it. Like we, and then once the season started and it didn't start well, oh, he became even worse. I, I don't think if this team loses a game, we're going to see Sean Payton up there making jokes about, or Sean Payton's staff making jokes about back to the future. Mm. I don't think that's going to be happening. I don't think Sean Payton's going to head into Raider week saying, ah, you know, I like the Raiders. My my dad had a cup of coffee there. It's it great. I mean, you know, basically leaving the door open to work there someday. Right. I don't uh, hate anyone. Yeah. yeah. Life's too short. I don't have enough energy to hate people. Like, we're not talking about actual hate here. It's sports hate. Like, the fact that he didn't get that was annoying. We're not going to see that type of nonsense from Sean Payton. I do think, though, that you have to have a little bit of – you have to, you can't just be always kick him in the behind guy, right? Just like you can't always be wrap your arm around him, give him a hug guy. There right. has to be a balance. Hackett didn't have enough of the kick him in the behind. Well, we got to see, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but we got to see if Sean Payton can play that, hey, and now I, I know when it's time to – encourage my guys rather than just kick them when they're down type of thing. So we'll see. But, hey, right now it's the offseason. Nobody's losing. You're just trying to set a tone. I think what he's said so far has been great. Here is Sean Payton today on some of those wide receiver trade rumors. You, you read a bunch of these things that are that are written now, and, and uh, I would say a number of teams have called on those players. Uh, but I, I said it yesterday. That it's not something we're interested in doing. Not something they're interested in doing. He did, however, go on to say, James, there's a little longer version of that cut where he talks about, you know, there's no good wide receivers in the draft, so of course we're getting calls. There's no depth at all. And it did give me that little bit of pause of, hey, it's not something we're interested in doing, but let me make sure I tell all the other coaches out there that are listening, all these wide receivers in the draft suck, and I still may have a couple for you if your price comes up. Yeah, and, and it was, and he also said people know our situation. So they think we're desperate for draft capital and we're going to give one of these guys away because we just need picks. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think there's a little bit of that. I still think they would move either one of those guys if they got blown away by an offer. A one for Judy or a two for Sutton is what Mike Kliss has reported. Sure. If someone gives you a two for Cortland Sutton, they're absolutely crazy, but I'd be happy to you know, take advantage of their bad GM. Yeah, and Rachel and DMAC and I talked about this on Coffee Break. 
I don't think the Broncos wide receiver room is great by any means. Do I think it's pretty deep now? Yeah, I think there are some guys there where you look at it and say, if they have some of the injury issues they did a year ago, they're not going to be playing games with Kendall Hinton, Brandon Johnson, and Freddie Swain, which I feel bad. I pick on those three all the time. But we saw that game, and it was like Russell Wilson had nowhere to go with the football when those were his three receivers on the field. They have more depth now with Patrick coming back and some of the signings they've had. So, again, it's not a great group, but if if they go into camp with those six, those top six guys, and it's, all right, who are the four that are going to emerge as healthy, A, and B, the best options on a game-in, game-out basis? You'll like that. You'll like that group of four better than what we what we saw a year ago. Yeah, we were also talking about how Sean Payton's kind of the anti Nathaniel Hackett. Well, the preseason next year, it's going to look a whole lot different. We're going to play all of them in the preseason. Yeah. Absolutely, we are. Absolutely, we are. That's the preseason. Absolutely, we are. Yeah. Absolutely, we are. Well, like what coach would not play his starters in the preseason? Man, he has had a lot of jabs at Nathaniel Hackett already. Yes. Yesterday, uh, there was some conversation, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but how they were essentially out of shape, right? That's a jab at, at Camp Hackett. Going to play in the preseason? Jab at Camp Hackett. He talked about how we're going to, you know, you got to be doing nine on sevens. You got to be doing one on ones. All the stuff that the the former players on this station, yep. they told all of us when we were down there at camp that this is a mistake and what are we doing? And I'll be the first one to admit I was sitting there saying, hey, I like a guy that's a little bit of a, a new thinker and better to be the first guy down that road than the, than the last guy down that road. They were all right because it was a team who was not calloused, who was not ready to play, and Sean Payton has been pointing that out at every possible turn. Here's one more shot at Nathaniel Hackett today. You know, I, I can't look back and say, all right, this is why all these different things happen. But I, I do know we're playing tackle football, and you have to practice tackle football. <laughs> <laughs> I do know we're playing tackle football, and you got to practice tackle football. He's right. And I get – and listen, I'm, I was coaching eighth-grade football. So it, it's about as far away from that as you can be. But I would be out there on a Thursday night, the last padded practice before a game, and being like, really? Do we want to – do we want to, you know – do scout team all the way to the ground tonight, guys? Like, do we really want to get somebody hurt? And inevitably, you'd go have one of those games when you didn't tackle during the week where it's like, nobody can make a tackle today. Mm. Well, why? Because you haven't tackled since the last game. Like, you kind of got to do it. It's, uh, you know, the, it, it's part of the risk of the game. It, it's it's just part of the way you got you to go about your business. And once again, an example, Sean Payton runs the show, not whatever schedule the NFL releases. We're not having a voluntary mini camp in April. I, I know the camp it's you're referencing. No, it was on the league schedule, not our schedule. All right. <laughs> league sent that out, not me. Well, no voluntary mini camp in April. I run this show. Well, here's my question: If it's we're not doing it in April, we're going to do it at a different time. Okay, no issue. If it's we're not doing it in April, we're skipping it. I got an issue because now that's not one day of field day. That's skipping multiple days of work. And this is the team that needs to work. Yeah, but but he said, to be fair to him, he said this is about weight room and getting in shape. So it's not we're not gonna we're gonna go kick our legs up in Cabo. It's we're just gonna do different stuff that's not football uh, centric. It's it's more physical. Get yourself in shape. Lift weights. That's fine. But those dates are April twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Was the one the NFL claimed they were having that Payton said today they're not having. That's fine. I just don't want to see any pictures of Russ and Sierra in Monaco during that stretch. Fair. And I sure as heck better not hear about Sean Payton in the Poconos. Right. Like if you're working, great. 
If we're just, hey, we're taking some time off. No, you were 5-12 and 12 last year. You got a bunch of guys here who haven't won squat. You have a bunch of guys here who had too cushy last year and need to learn to work. And if, if it's just taking days off and skipping practice, I got an issue with that. If it's, we're doing something else instead, fine. Or we're moving it to different dates, fine. So let's let's wait and see on that one. All right, coming up next, we'll go down to Ball Arena, get the latest on Joel Embiid ducking the Joker. Plus, Doc Rivers just admitted that Jamal Murray got him fired. We'll get to the details next. Station 1043 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. All right, a lot of juicy nuggets in Sixers drama today as Joel Embiid is ducking the MVP showdown with Nikola Jokic at Ball Arena that gets going here in about an hour. And our guy Jake Shapiro is down there at Ball Arena right now. Jake. What is the general vibe about the fact that this game that was so hyped up, two ESPN reporters there in town to cover this matchup is not happening because Joel Embiid apparently has a calf that is hurt? There's actually a third in town now, too, from, uh, from Saturday. There's two here. Sorry, another one is showing up. Uh, I, I, would, I just watched Tim Bontemps from ESPN start to gather his straw poll, which I assume is going to come out in the next few days about who is the front runner for MVP. So this whole thing is building up for MVP. Meanwhile, everyone here is kind of just laughing at the fact that Joel Embiid has ducked this. This is just so funny, so soft, like a historically soft all-time move. Meanwhile, this could be a huge boon for the Nuggets, who are only five games away, magic number-wise, from locking up the top spot in the West. And if they ran into Philadelphia in the NBA Finals, this could actually matter for who gets the post-game seven. Yeah, it's a huge break for the Nuggets. It, it just is. It's Whether it's for the MVP race, because I think this is going to put Jokic back in front, as it should. I think that uh, in terms of the standings, it's huge, not only in the Western Conference, but like you say, for the NBA Finals. There's been some blowback today, especially nationally. I think ESPN's kind of looking at like, man, we invested a lot sending three people to this game. They're a little bit ticked. They're, uh, their analysts are going after Embiid. Given all of that, uh, did Doc Rivers try to explain this away as more of an injury than maybe we're uh, we're giving it uh, credit for. Exactly, uh, and and I, I've got a video up on my Twitter at Chapelicious of Doc Rivers talking about this. And essentially, he said, you know, this is a calf injury. Calf injuries sometimes lead to Achilles injuries, and those are really big deals in basketball. So we're not going to mess around with a calf. As soon as I heard it was a calf injury in Chicago, that's why we sat him for the second half in Chicago. He felt healthy this weekend, so we played him. And today, he said. And shoot around his cap hurt, so we shut him down right away. So, you know, they made it sound like this is a big injury. And, James, if this is a big injury, guess what? Joel Embiid isn't winning MVP because he's not going to be able to play enough games towards the end here to, to, to lock that MVP in. So we'll see on Wednesday in Philadelphia's game if Joel Embiid was indeed dodging this or he's actually injured, which either way is not going to look good for uh, Philadelphia's most valuable Philadelphian. 
<laughs> I like that. You mentioned Doc Rivers. He also had a quote that I saw you put out there about Jamal Murray in the bubble, essentially admitting that Jamal got Doc fired from the Clippers, that 3-1 Nuggets comeback. And, of course, Murray was so, so special down there. Uh, you have it here as, I hope I never see that again. That's why I'm here coaching the 76ers. He was amazing. Got to love that respect from Doc and also some good memories for Nuggets fans and sort of Jamal Murray's been good this year, but he can be great, especially when he gets coaches fired. <laughs> yeah, and that's an all-time Nuggets memory coming back from 3-1 twice. And uh, Doc Rivers, Rivers, who was you know named one of the 10 best coaches in NBA history by the NBA All-75, will never look the same in my eyes after we watch that. But one thing about Doc Rivers, and, and this is a sneaky weird thing about Doc Rivers, is he's not good at making adjustments when you're headed into a game, but in-game, He's actually really good at adjusting on the fly, which might actually hurt the Nuggets. Uh, they played here last year without Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid hasn't played here since 2019. And the Philadelphia 76ers ran the Nuggets off the floor with Tyrese Maxey and Charles Baffey. Uh So this is still not like an easy one that the Nuggets can walk through. James Harden is expected to play tonight. He is uh, a former MVP winner. So th- this should be still a tough game, but it is funny to hear from Doc Rivers and his perspective on the Nuggets because so much of this Nikola Jokic era has run into Doc Rivers at one point or another. Jake, I'm just keeping my uh, my scorebook here. So Embiid has now ducked Jokic. Jokic ducked Giannis. Has Giannis ducked anybody this year, or does that get him back into the race? Um, Giannis has not ducked anyone this year. Giannis, in fact, has not ducked. I believe any of the top five candidates from MVP over the last three years, but he did sit a couple games because he was injured. Like he was legitimately injured. He missed 20 games earlier this year. And that's one of the reasons why James, he's unlikely to win the MVP because he missed a significant chunk of time. In fact, you have to go back to 1977, 1978 where Bill Walton and won the MVP to find a guy who's missed as much time as Joel Embiid or Giannis that has won the MVP. And back then, it wasn't voted on by the media. So if Giannis or Joel Embiid win the MVP, it will be a historic outlier. I think I think Giannis lost the MVP when he got dunked on by Jeff Green. <laughs> I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of it's hard to recover when you're in a. It's hard to win an MVP when you've got a headstone made for you. Man, Jeff Green is a guy that is so frustrating at times to watch, but he has had some of the most memorable moments of the year. It was the block. Gosh, who were they playing when he went coast-to-coast coast and had the block? Was that the Warriors early in the year? It was a relatively big game, and he came flying down the court and had the block. The dunk the other night was a big moment. So, uh, Jake, enjoy it down there tonight. We appreciate the uh, update, and hopefully the Nuggets can get that two-game lead on the Sixers come NBA Finals time. We'll be glad that happened. Yeah, so that dunk, by the way, big one the other night against the big team, Memphis. Yeah. The block was against, or with the block was against Memphis. The, the dunk was go. against Milwaukee. So, two huge opponents, two huge plays. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jake. We'll catch you down at the game later. See you guys. There he goes, Jake Shapiro from DenverSports.com, down there covering for us tonight. Uh, D-Mac's got to be back in the building, too, right? When he called and yelled at you earlier in the show. No, I think he was on his way there. He was driving a ball. Screaming at me. (laughs) So loud that his phone was crackling like he was on Apollo 11. (laughs) We will uh, obviously have you covered at DenverSports.com throughout the day tomorrow on Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. But, man, this game's still fun tonight, but... Talk about losing some luster. No, it's a bummer. It stinks for the fans. It, it really does. does. Just like in January, it was a bummer. We didn't get to watch Giannis Jokic. It, it just, 
It was. And tonight it's here and people bought tickets for it. And they get to go down and watch another JV team. I just hope they beat the doors off. They have to. There is a little bit of pressure. If they lose tonight and Jokic doesn't play very well, that's a bad look, too. All right, something to watch for sure. It was fun. We'll do it again tomorrow. For KJ, for James, I'm Will. Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Love is grown in southern ground And a little bit of chicken fry.